Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Today is Best Served Podcast 396. We're talking to Melissa Yank of Quail and Condor on women in restaurant leadership. This is a really, really exciting episode for me. Melissa, uh, if you check out the article, you know there's always a great article, Six Questions with Melissa Yank. The first question we always ask is, what is your first job in the industry? I'd like to take us back. First job in the industry for Melissa was at Row 14, where I was a chef partner 10 plus years ago. So that was really, really cool to kind of have this uh, full circle. Now, Melissa is absolutely one of those leading voices who's uh, making a name out in Healdsburg. So I'm excited to uh, to speak with her. So let's bring Melissa in here. What's going on? Hey. Good to see you. 10 years ago was was pretty unbelievable at, uh, at Row 14 in Denver, Colorado. Uh, how cool that we're here now, like all these years, all these years later and uh, and still like loving this industry, hating it sometimes, loving it more, like learning about ourselves and all that. So I'm excited to get into this and learn kind of from you a little bit more about what leadership really means. And you already brought some great knowledge. Again, everybody get in the comments, check out the article. Really good. Talk about uh, a little of your time on food TV, some of what it takes to kind of uh, work with a spouse in your business or family. I think a lot of people understand that and just trying to develop a team. And now you're starting your you know third maybe even fourth business out there in Healdsburg, California. So break it down a little bit for us. Uh, if we come out to Healdsburg, what can we expect from you and your businesses? Yeah. Uh, Quail and Condor is a bread bakery. It's hard to say that because bread has now moved to the other one physically. But um, we just really believe in naturally leavened, crafted with organic ingredients. We used to be farmer's market vendors. So we are still buying from those same people who were our neighbors at the market um and community we're still like we show up for the people who you know were buying from us in 2018 and we just it's just a bigger picture than good product it's really what it is it's a fun brunch party and then you go to troubadour which um kind of was an offshoot from quail and condor during the summer last year where we were making blts and it was just like we could not make enough blts so we opened its own sand shop yeah it's great um and it's turning into a bistro we're doing a five course tasting menu starting in october or maybe six course tasting menu um and that'll be the dinner program and then next door uh we have like a small retail store it's like handmade knives pottery. These are all people that we have relationships with. I mean, I feel so lucky to have all these vendors who are actually our friends and are very talented and, um, and some floral. Yeah. So cool. And that is so Healdsburg for anybody who does know Healdsburg is, is wine country in, in California. And uh, I mentioned like one of the best meals I've ever had in my life. It's Cyrus there, Douglas Keene's former restaurant. Uh, there's just Jordan wineries there. There's such a there's such a wine country vibe there that there's so many artisans and like creators there. And I think it makes a lot of sense that you're really entrenched in that community and you're taking over 
this whole block you said it's like it's like monopoly you basically own park <laughs> avenue now because i looked at your businesses and i was like wait healdsburg avenue healdsburg avenue like healdsburg avenue like you're taking over <laughs> that know. whole street so if you land on healdsburg avenue you're going to spend some time and money with the uh the quail and condor troubadour family so i i like that too that's a that's a smart way to grow and scale and not spread your resources so thin because you know especially your physical resource that you might be able to pop between i'm guessing you pop between stores throughout yeah. a, throughout a given day so all right leadership it's something we talk about in in this show on everything that we do right we're trying to empower and educate future leaders of this industry we have to create new models we the the business model has been exposed as not sustainable not viable in many ways a lot of it's because we don't invest in people properly so give us an idea, right? When you yourself are now recognizing that you need to be a leading voice in this industry, you want to empower other women to be leading voices in a heavily old white dude dominated industry. Yes. Where are you starting? It's difficult to navigate. Where do you start? Uh, I mean, within your own business, it didn't start. I realized that I also did not get really much training. I never thought I actually needed it, maybe because I was managed well. But for some reason, I was so focused on everything else, right? Like, I was focused on the product. I was focused on being clean and whatever. And then now that I have my own bakery and I have this team of mostly women who, and even my bread baker, he's like never really had a team to manage. And so once I'm like, okay, can you get this done? Can you get your team to do this? It wasn't happening. And right. And so I'm looking at my managers with the performance problem because they don't know how to manage performance. And I felt very lost for a long time until I got into leadership training and I started listening to podcasts and, you know, any guidance I could get my hands on. And it really blew me out of the water to conceptualize how to manage people. And so now because it clicked with me and all these instincts I had that became clarified, I'm now passing that on to my staff. And it's brilliant to watch them grow. Yeah, because we we develop the the tools, the knife skills, the timing, sanitation, you mentioned being clean, like all of these different finite skills. We don't think about the attributes that it takes to be able to accomplish those outside of yourself. Right. And I think a lot of times we say, wow, you are a really talented bread baker. You must be able to help other people be as talented as you. And the reality is like that's that's not a clear equation for most people, for any of us, really. Like that is not a a natural ability to all of a sudden take what you know and do well and then have somebody else just be able to pick that up because you told them what to do. And that's something that you mentioned, like the difference between telling somebody what to do. We've done so much of that. I need you to do this, this, and this. Two spec, don't fuck it up, don't deviate. This is exactly it. And there's strength in that. Yes, it needs to be formulaic. Yeah. People need to just be told that for a second until they get comfortable. And then you teach them. And then, and then, so how do you how do you go about that? How do you give them the why? How do you give them the theory you mentioned is important? How do you go about that process when you're also trying to crank out a bunch of bread because you have a small business to run? You just have to understand who they are, right? What do they want? What are their values? Okay, I thought being a chef was this. So I put my, let's just say I put my head chef in place. And she's like, I thought I'd have more time for R&D. I thought I'd have more time to put this out. I'm like, okay, well, what are your hiccups, right? What's in your way? I'm like, well, the team is not, I have to do all these things for my team. Well, are you like, it's just walking backwards, right? You know, they don't know where anything is. Okay, great. Can you show them? They don't know what the standard operating procedure is for closing down. I'm like, okay, have you shown them? Until they understand, you cannot free yourself up to do all the things you thought you were going to do in this position, but you have to help me work towards that. Yeah. 
the only way we do that eventually what what ends up happening in those situations is we just try and outwork the problem and then we end up with you know working 70 hour weeks because we had to stay so hands-on and strangle the hell out of every moment versus like recognizing the ways to to actually lead so you you mentioned this as well like a lot of times you take your your best employee at a position and, and turn them into your least experienced manager and that transition can be really hard some people we should have kept them as the best bread baker because they're a they're a rock star but we want them to be able to be a leader because we think that that's the natural ascension so talk us through that a little bit because that can be challenging well there's a little bit of like it's always understanding your base, right? So like, who do I want to be? Do I want to be the best bakery with the best product and be on TV and be recognized for all these things? Like, if I did that, I would need You're pretty to- pretty good at that part of yeah. it too, right? Well, I just have to make sure that none of those people on my team are leaving. Are they happy? Do they want to be in management? Okay, this team is never going to grow. It's just going to be where it is and we're going to be consistent forever, right? Or consistently, you know, making great food. And that's not, <laughs> I realize that my goal in life is to just create more people in hospitality to show them that there's more to like, I don't expect anybody on my team right now to die with me at the bakery. Mm -hmm. You know, I hope that they take skills from me and go next where like the next place and inspire them the same way to bring a 16 year old. And hopefully they stay in hospitality because there's just nobody anymore. And it's just so heartbreaking because I remember being 19 working with you and like you chose your words carefully, or I don't know if that's instinctual, but you never made me feel bad when I screwed up. You just told me, get out of it. Bail yourself Good. out. I'm I glad said, to yes, hear yes. that. But like whatever brigade system we had at row 14 was awesome because nobody made me feel bad. It was just like you were this big, tall chef and kind of scary. And <laughs> I have like a bunch of silly goons as co-cooks. And yeah. it was yeah. just like whatever you think in these TV shows that happen, like I had a really great foundation. So I'm hoping to do the same in my setting, my preferred setting in a bakery to like make more people do this because it's like it's worth preserving yeah and you have to invest in that like there isn't just this stream of people going sign me up like you have to invest in a different way which is what you're recognizing <clears throat> and i so appreciate uh the fact that you're looking back on that time and recognizing that there was there was so much push and pull and so much like investment of time effort whatever it might be and shout out jennifer helmore jennifer helmore lewis like who, so back to oh the the, the absolute best was the absolute like connective tissue of making that restaurant uh, so successful. And, and so the fact that you had, you know, the tall, scary leader, leader on the chef side, and then somebody who was like very, very like tough as well, but super nurturing and Jen, I think set you up for success. And uh, you mentioned this as well. When you start a new business, like any kind of business you need it you need a partner at least a partner if not multiple and that can be any kind of partner a business partner a life partner a a business coach a therapist anybody who's going to be able to like talk through the out of the weeds and just yeah. let you know that you're still on track to like the vision that you have i think yeah. is important so i'm i'm so happy to hear that you had that that foundation so when you're thinking now about right third businesses fourth businesses you need people to lead in those roles how are you putting them in a position to kind of replace you in their own way? Cause that can be challenging. You don't want them to just be regurgitating you. You want to give them a foundation. You want them to be themselves, but that also can be a clumsy handoff sometimes. So how are you navigating that? Well, we have meetings every Thursday 
And then usually one of those meetings is uh, specifically on management training. And then we have twice a year, I send out a questionnaire to my managers, they fill them out and we have one-on-ones. And like, if we need a one-on-one meeting and I feel like, or they feel like we need it, like, sure, let's go sit down. But we have formal ones that are scheduled, you know, summer and winter. And uh, it's, the biggest thing is just to put it in their hands, right? So if it's a corrective thing of like, oh, this cookie's overbaked. Okay, great. So-and-so, I need you to walk back the time like two minutes. It's just a little too crispy. If it's uh, this person who's consistently not getting something done by a certain time, like it's a bigger picture. When I am just observing, I'm not even around anymore, but when I'm just observing, it's like I'm watching what they're doing that's like slowing them down, right? Instead of weighing every single cinnamon roll, let's weigh every five. But what if the, actually, I actually just had this like a month ago and she was still not getting the job done on time, right? Within an eight hour work period. And so because I couldn't figure it out myself, I asked her, what is your bottleneck? What is holding you up? And she actually had things to say. So sometimes like you don't need to think about the problem every time. It's usually your manager who's on the floor all the time, or it's the person who actually has the issue. And you just ask them. Imagine that just asking people, uh, people questions. How do you ask those questions? Any question? I think about the question that you just mentioned, but also, so we sometimes go, do you want to be a manager? And there's this like social pressure within the industry to be like, well, if I'm going to be on in this trajectory, then my answer has to be yes, even though it's not. How do you ask questions in a way that doesn't get a canned answer that they're trying to just tell you what you want to hear? And, and I know that can be a struggle for us a lot of times. I think about it like table touches. Like, how is everything? Everything is fine. You get this automated response that we've like, we've basically trained people to do. How, how do you ask questions in a more meaningful way? I mean, uh, in the interview process upon hiring people, the last thing I always ask is like, what is your goal? Like, what do you want in your life? Like, is it even in hospitality? Whatever, whatever. And Um, And then, of course, we like check in with these people all the time. And then by the time they get so good and I need a manager, it's like, hey, you know, you're excelling at this. You're very good at it. You're a great teacher. Here are all the things you're really good at that translate into the position that I'm looking for. Is this something that you'd be interested in? I had one person who I think realized it was not the position for them. And then everybody else I've put into that position has really grown with it and accepted like all these new skill sets of, and like reminding them that management is a skill set. Yes. And there are so many things that are so scary about it too, about confronting someone saying, Hey, this is messed up or whatever, but we are all in the same bucket together of like, we're just trying to make great product. This is why you even wanted to work here because you tried it and it was beautiful. So how do we achieve Mm -hmm. that every day? I mean, I, I even, I love a good disclaimer of like, Hey, you're not going to like this, but your baguettes are ugly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> can we work on this together? Um, and then actually something that my all my managers have struggle, trouble with, and I did too, of course, was like, um, how do you correct somebody or how do you delegate something? And it's always like, okay, start with, for the one thing I'm going to do for you, can you do three or two? So, hey, I'm going to put all these bags of flour away. Can you sweep and mop the dish pit? You know, and then it eventually turns into, can you give me a sweep in this room? It's just a slow transition and then it becomes habit. Yeah. And, and it's one of the reasons that I was so excited when, when we were texting about having you on, you were talking about, we were talking about like the restaurant stuff and you had reached out to me because you had seen, I don't know, maybe talking about health or uh, benefits or something like that. One of our, 
you know, reels or something. But it was like, hey, what's going on with you? And we started talking about the restaurant a little bit. But then you like texted me back. You're like, hey, I really want to talk about restaurant leadership and women in leadership. I was like, yes, let's do that. Because some of the questions and, and things that you're asking right now, I just feel and this is this is a total generalization. But I do feel like so many of the women I get to interact with are better at asking those questions than I ever was. And I think there's a level of like, like empathy and thoughtfulness. You're a mother. So there's this like, we're very nurturing, very, very nurturing. And also like able to struggle with people who won't listen to you in these tiny humans, that then you're able to like, almost like empathize with somebody who's just struggling in whatever their what's ever happening in their life at that moment. I think sometimes I try to be too strong. So many of us guys in the industry try to be too tough because that's what we think is needed. So I really appreciate you even just like pointing out your own struggles at the front end of what you then try to pass on. And, and that's leadership. It's not being unf unflappable. And it's about being completely in over your head and being able to still like stay connected to the people. So I, I really appreciate that, Melissa. Can I mention that we are, ever since I saw your clip, uh, we're offering healthcare starting next month, which is amazing. We worked with a broker. Amazing. I know. And um, anyway, when I said that to my managers, I haven't like fully announced it to the, the rest of the staff, but it, they were just like, I think they text me or we have a good group Google chat thing. And they're just like, you're really taking care of your people. And like, everybody feels it. I'm like, oh. oh, man. <laughs> ah, the tears flow. Yeah. That's, that's like all, that's all you could ever hope for that the people around you know that you're working hard for them. Uh, and that can be a struggle when you're just trying to get some loaves of bread out. So, <laughs> ah, I really appreciate that. Melissa, this was amazing. So, so great to catch up with you. I'm really excited to see what kind of you do next. Obviously we'll stay connected. Lots more work for, for us to do. Uh, I want you to send me the survey that you send to your managers. I want to yeah. see the questions that you're asking because we're building new models and I want to impart all the things that we learned. So we learned a lot from you today. So thank you for that. Of course. Thank you. Take care. Cheers. All right, everyone. That is it for this episode. Oh, so grateful to Melissa. Uh, you never know too, you know, that she was going to say, Jensen, you were such an asshole to me when I started out in the industry, I almost quit and, and didn't want to do more. So the fact that, that, uh, that meant a lot to me to be able to hear that. I know I didn't always do an amazing job, of, of slowing down and being able to communicate directly with that person in the moment where we're in the weeds. Uh, so anybody who's ever gotten my tall scariness, like Melissa Yank mentioned, I uh, appreciate you sticking with uh, this industry if you're still in it. And if you're not, I completely understand. Somebody like Melissa is just somebody who's really understood what it means to be a part of the hospitality industry and is now trying to invest in the future of this industry. Uh, it's a long episode. It's well worth it. This was Best Served Podcast 396, Melissa Yank of Quail and Condor on Women in Restaurant Leadership. Appreciate you all. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Best Served Podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.